If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great pleasure to be with you on a Balls Wednesday. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. There's Director Matthew. Hope this finds you doing well, feeling good. Good to be back in the studio. Good to be back at my desk. Mike, professional setup. Good to go. On Twitter, it's at J Cameron Show. And if you would... If you're watching on War Chant TV, make sure you like and subscribe and share and all that good stuff. So away we go. Exciting times, obviously. Um, what a great opportunity. seems the news has primarily been good as of late uh, as it relates to, uh, to Florida State. And uh, today uh, we're going to continue uh, with the theme and, and, and follow up on that a little bit as uh, the opportunity to talk to the new head baseball coach, Link Jarrett, has been presented. And we will do so this afternoon. What do you think? 1.30? I think 1.30 Link Jarrett is due uh, to join us, or is scheduled to join us, I should say. And um, I look forward to, to speaking with him um, and, and, and hearing his thoughts. Obviously, it's been a probably a bit of a whirlwind for him. Uh, I, thought I, I thought he hit the right notes uh, in the press conference, I I was I said this yesterday. I think it was on headlines with you, Tom and and, and Ira. I kind of welcomed and was ready to welcome a more um, sort of succinct and uh, direct and thoughtful and intense sort of uh, press conference. Most of the most of the coach announcement press conferences are are light and fluffy. 
Uh, and understandably, you know, it's a good time. Most people are excited. They're, uh, the, the person himself or, or herself is in a position to be in a good mood. They just got a job as a head coach at a, at a major university. And then usually the university is obviously putting on a brave face. Now, they probably didn't like that they had to hire somebody. But uh, once they go through the process, they're happy to have it resolved. One would presume, even if they find out later on they got it wrong, that in that moment they certainly think, all right, we got our guy, we got our gal, whatever it might be. So that's why it's light and airy, and 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 nobody's asking hard-hitting questions at a news at a press conference to announce a new coach. So it's usually sort of just sort of a, a light-hearted. But I I think for him, you know, he's so locked in. You could see it. He's still locked in on that whole this whole thing. I mean, and when and I, I'm, I'm going to ask him this, but the the idea of reaching and maybe not the pinnacle i mean i have no idea does he someday want to be the coach of uh like like kevin nash uh cash kevin nash listen to me i'm thinking of wrestling <laughs> join the wolf pack brother <laughs> does he want to be you know the coach of the the rays uh yeah no I, I don't know if he has aspirations to to coach in the major leagues or not but uh, i do know that he grew up here and, and and his family's here and i know obviously i watched him play here um and 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 you know he did interviewed for this job and wanted this job. So I know that this was a big deal. He wanted this job. And then to get it, uh, to, to get it, it's, uh, it's gotta be a lot. It's gotta be a lot. You know, I mean, uh, you're always chasing something and then all of a sudden you've got this thing. I think you're right about the extended, you know, existence of being locked in because it can use an analogy in our own jobs and anybody out there, if you're in a big meeting or presentation Mm -hmm. and somebody catches you or for us a show, Right after the brain is well, firing hard, yeah. at, at real speed, so like there's a window. But if you get me in the first five minutes after the show, I'm operating at peak. Fifteen minutes after, no way. He's st- yeah, mush brain as I call it. <laughs> yeah, he's still on that first fifteen minute or five minute window after his season. You can tell there there was an air of you're damn right I'm the head coach at Florida State to the whole proceeding. Especially that was the question that I asked leading off. Could you envision yourself being the head coach? Saying yes, and. You know, and and that's yeah. a good attitude because you don't want somebody who's afraid of oh, the expectation. No, no, the you want opposite. somebody who embraces it and says, "Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. going to be the one to take us to where we haven't gone yet." Love it. I love that about him. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, that's true of any job, right? Especially a job in which you have to to present or speak and in and work with and communicate with people on a regular basis. You're right. You you have that moment. There's the right when we get off the air. So to use our business as an example, when I I, I tell this all the time, and I'm sure you had to do the same thing with your wife, Jamie. I remember, um, you know, when I was dating my wife, my now wife, um, it, you know, the, the first probably month we were together, she she didn't care about sports. I mean, she does, she doesn't. She's a Florida State grad, so she wants Florida State to do well, but she doesn't care like we care. <laughs> and so she loves the Lightning. She watches that, and she likes the Red Sox, so she watches baseball. But if she doesn't see a sport for weeks on end, it doesn't bother her. But every day I talk about it, and, I, and, and she, would, she was disinterested, but she didn't understand that when I came home, I couldn't, I, I can't engage. It's, right, it it right. takes a, a little while. I need a little cool-off period, you know, a little downtime. And uh, I finally did. I had to say, listen, it's never going to be anything against you. But when I walk through the door, let's chatty chatty. Let's do a little less of the chatty chatty. <laughs> let's, do, <laughs> let's just do the, hey, good to see you. I'll talk to you in a bit. Just need some time. Just need a little bit of time to come down. And it's it's weird, right? 
but you are. You get locked in. You get locked in. And I think he's still, and we'll, it'll be a, he'll be on here at 1.30. He'll be here in 20 minutes. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I wonder if he's had, because he's going to be busy. You know, you got to get your staff together now. And, and obviously we're talking about, you. Th- this is that window where it all starts to happen. You know, you don't get a chance to do that over. So, so here you go. Um, and, and I think, uh, it's, you know, it's exciting. Uh, he's, you, you, your brain is flying cause you have so many things you want to do and you want to get everything off on the right foot. And we know that just from the different jobs we've worked at together. Like you want to get off on the right foot and there's only one chance to do that, right? Here you go. What are we doing today? That's going to make us better down the line. What are we doing today? That makes us better tomorrow. What are we doing today? That makes us better in a month, a year, five years. All right. Can I get this guy in here? Can I get this guy in here? All right. Do it. What about this recruit? Is this kid staying? You know, who do I need to talk to? This kid's, he's not so sure. You know, I, I got to talk to him. I got to think about this guy that I could bring in. There's all of that. And then, of course, you have the behind-the-scenes stuff with the stadium and operations and the athletic department. And then there's getting your ducks in a row where you're figuring out scholarships and money. The whole deal. And who holds it and who do I need to hold their hand to say Who am I supposed to play golf with tomorrow? Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. All of that is, all of that is there. And it's um, it's a fascinating time, but I I would think, and uh, that is going to be my guess, that man, it's exciting. It's what you've worked so hard for. I, I've gotten I joke all the time on the show now. You know, the other night, the NBA draft. Did you watch any of the NBA draft? I don't suppose that you did. No, no. Well, I want to bring it up for two reasons. The first of which is I completely dropped the ball. Completely dropped the ball. You had COVID. I did, but we didn't have Matt Millar on. You had COVID that day. I scrapped it in my brain. I was like, there's no way. He's focusing hard on just trying to stay upright for yeah. two hours. Let's not yeah. bring in any wrinkles. I don't yeah. want to make excuses, yeah. Tom. We're, Fair enough. We're winners around here. <laughs> I forgot to have my man Matt Moore on and to do the Guess This Country uh, and or guess where this particular draft pick is from. And I uh, regret it. You can't go back now. It's too late. It's too late. So anyhow. That, that a, I want to point out that I'm aware that I forgot to do that, and I apologize to you guys because there's a fringe group of Jeff Cameron Show listeners that go back like 20 plus years that 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 are kind of pissed, a little like, "Hey, man, us old school guys love this thing. We love it." And so I reached out to Millar and I apologized. We'll have to. Was he pissed? Well, he's disappointed. No, he's not mad at me. Yeah. He's not mad at me. I'll have to talk to him because I knew. I was well aware of what day it was. But, man, if yeah, you saw you, day. if was, you saw you, I was like, man, he just needs to get through this thing. Yeah, I was having a – I only had about a 48-hour window here with the COVID where I where I also struggled. But I, I, I had a tough couple of days. Here's the next level producing that Millar taught me. So he can't be really mad. He's not mad. No, but here's the deal is when you laugh – you will cough because a, a, yeah. even when you have a regular cold, you get a nagging cough. I do. A I ridiculous get a cough. cough. Yeah. And with COVID, I yeah. heard you on the phone earlier today. You're going to laugh. I'm like, no way. That's just going to be 10 minutes of, of cough fest. Well, you can mute me while on- he's talking and yeah, I can laugh. It would have been awkward. It would have been tough. You're not in the you know, studio. It's yeah, a different it's, thing. It's frustrating. But anyhow, so that happened. But that's not why I brought it up. I brought it up, and, and this is as the, oddly, the NBA draft, as it relates to our conversation coming up with Link Jarrett. I now am of the age, and I say this all the time these days, where, you know, you get nostalgic, you get emotional. I, I, I made a joke when I got into my late 30s, early 40s, that 
pulling up to a red light could make me cry. Like I, this commercials now the public's commercials during the holidays. Oh, they get me. Thanksgiving. Every, every time they get me. Yep. So it's because you get more sentimental for a lot of reasons. Part of that is the growing perspective you have on the past and what lies ahead and how much little or how little time lies ahead. Publix is uh, Ja Morant and you're Malik Beasley. <laughs> it's every time. It is every time. And so anyway, I'm watching the NBA draft, man, and I just smiled ear to ear. It's a good kind of watering up, you know, ear to ear as those kids, men, live out a lifelong dream and share it with their parents and their and their loved ones that are there, their brothers and sisters that are there. And there were a couple of guys that I think were trying hard to, to stay locked in and be tough, and they couldn't. They couldn't because the call came, and their defenses went down. And you could see them, They the realization, oh, it's happening. It's not. It's not. It's no longer. Maybe it's going to happen. Maybe you can believe it in your mind all you want that hey, they project me to go top five, but then that first pick comes and it's not you. That second pick comes and it's not you. That third pick comes. You're like, oh, okay, what's happening here? And I'm sure your mind is swimming now. You know you're about to be a multimillionaire. You know you're going to get drafted in the first round. You know, but still, it, you're probably irrational a little bit. And then the phone rings. You're like, Every minute of every day, every hour, all the sacrifices, all the things you didn't get to go do, the, the time you didn't get to spend with family and friends because you were in the gym working out, working on every aspect of your game. You see it wash over them, and it's overwhelming, and they start to weep. And here I'm sitting at the couch at home by myself, and I'm going, oh, bless his heart. <laughs> I'm getting choked up, too. It's ridiculous. Paolo, how does it feel? Man, I'm taking care of my family in a way nobody out there can relate to. <laughs> I'm doing better for my family than you do. Yeah, but they never say that. In your dreams. Yeah. They never say, so it's funny because um, it it happens, and I, I find myself just smiling. I love these things now. I no longer find it boring. I'm like, oh, that's beautiful. beautiful. Good for them. Look at that kid. He's worked so hard. I don't even have the guys. I don't even know who this kid is. Some dude from France could have grown up on a vineyard. Who knows? I'm like, oh, bless his heart. What a dream to get to America and play in the NBA. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I do it. Um, but it makes me laugh. Uh, but but that said, that said, I was thinking that, you know, when you do let your guard down, like, what a moment. What a cool thing. So we'll ask Link all about it here coming up pretty shortly. After all, uh, now, now you got to get to the getting. Now you got to get to the the whole kicking ass. Hey, thanks, David. Um, people, David wants to know if uh, we're going to get poached, Tom. Make our way over to the ACC network where uh, Packer and Durham got the axe. I think I uh, saw today. I some people sent that's, that to uh, me. That's why I'm wearing a black hat today. It's just mm. a dark just, day in the broadcasting biz, is it? It's, it's a sad moment for the ACC footprint. <laughs> what can you do? Um, I I um I will just tell you this. Uh, I. Uh, yeah, everybody's got a price. Oh boy! No, everybody's got a price. Uh, are you are you openly negotiating for the deal now? To, to no, be, no, 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 no. What's no, going on here? No, no, no. I'm just saying. Uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm taking that job, but everybody does have a price. But uh, you know, you never know. You never know. We'll see if we get the call, Tom. Will you come with me? We'll roll on up to to Charlotte. Well, they're moving the ACC home offices, so depends yeah. on where it's going to be. It's right going from Greensboro, probably to Charlotte. I think yeah. we both like Charlotte. I like Charlotte. Fine. Uh, I have a price too. So, you know. Yeah, but, I mean, like I said. Look alive. Look alive. Like I said, you never know. 
never know. We now wield a lot of authority in these here oh parts. I'm just saying, you never know. Never know. I don't want that job per se, but I can be persuaded. I, you no, know, you'd have to pay me a lot to do that job. I mean, really. To kiss to the ring? Lot. To kiss the ring? Not to kiss, well, of you'd, the ha ACC? you'd have, to do, have to do that. It's easier to kiss uh, the ring, proverbially speaking, of when Jim Phillips says something, it doesn't sound ridiculous versus like Swafi. That would be a problem. Uh, but I'm sorry that, you know, if Wake and Syracuse are playing in lacrosse that I have to do an interview for 12 minutes about that, that would be – you but have she, to pay a lot of money. Now, all jokes aside, and uh, listen, no, nobody's contacted me about the ACC. I, I would probably get in trouble within the first month, and then we'd have a problem. And uh, Yeah. Right. That'd be a problem. You know I'm that, not that necessarily cut out That would be a clause of my contract. Yeah, if yeah, yeah. he gets in trouble, I still get paid. Right. That, that's, I think that's literally what it would say in the contract. Yeah, yeah but, here, but here's the thing. All jokes aside, so you brought up a, a, an important – Point. And we're talking about the long-term viability of a conference that is woefully behind right now, uh, the SEC, the Big Ten, and 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 we talk about the money that, that that's not there moving forward, and how frustrating that can be, and how it puts you at a competitive disadvantage, a distinct competitive disadvantage. One of the one of the reasons that that network, I think, probably made the move that they did, and I have no inside information on the inner workings of the ACC network and why they told Packer and Durham to take it on down the road, but. Having lengthy conversations about lacrosse, period, seems to me to to have a deleterious effect on the popularity of your yeah. radio program, like a television uh, show, sir. Television, whatever show. the hell. It's probably not a good idea to spend an inordinate amount of time talking about lacrosse. Right, that's the thing. You'd have to pay a lot to for to you, care about the ACC as a whole. Like well, that's that's a job. Well, I'll tell you what. If you do, if, if whoever gets that job. The, the right listen Jim Phillips ought to be demanding that, that we have far less of the lacrosse talk that's great make mention when somebody wins a national championship we, we are uplifting the conference here so I get it somebody wins in track somebody wins in swimming way somebody, to go Boston College yeah. speed walking good, good, national good job. championship good job speed somebody's got to win a national championship might as well be an ACC team good job BC there you go at least you contributed something to this conference you sorry asses but yeah so there you go that right that that's how you do this right but you, you would seem to me, if you want to set somebody up to succeed, then you get a guy in there that has a thing to say or two about all this stuff, and you then you you let them do their thing, but you set them up by having tomorrow you're going to have Mike Norvell on, on Wednesday you're going to have Dabo Sweeney on, on Friday you're going to have so-and-so on, next week you're going to have the starting middle linebacker for so-and-so, then you're going to have the starting running back. You're going to constantly have these guys that the people in this conference care about, and that then it would be easy for you and I to sit in there because we do it Every day here, with a with with a central theme being Florida State in the middle of the offseason, it can be a toughie. It can be a tough. You got a central theme. Now I'm able to talk about whatever the hell I want. It is the Jeff Cameron Show. But I want to talk golf, tiddlywinks, people getting attacked by lions, whatever. I can. But if you said no, you can't do that. Here are the perimeters. You're not doing that. You parameters. You're not doing that. You're gonna talk ACC. AC well, then I'm gonna talk ACC football. I'm gonna talk big picture. Where the hell are we going? Because this is a problem. You got to have that compelling oh, conversation. And you can't have that conversation on the ACC network. That's precisely the conversation they don't want you to have. Well, you can if there's a plan. You can if you're not. If you don't have your head in the, people don't want. They don't want you to pretend that this thing isn't there. The elephant in the room isn't there. They want to know: Are you doing something about it? A you recognize it. B what are you doing about it? So if there's a plan, you can. It's okay. What's the plan? The plan is hope. Hope it works out. I don't think that's the plan. I, I I think that Jim Phillips has probably a structured plan. Doesn't mean it'll work. Yeah. Well, like what what leverage does he have to execute the plan? At the end of the day, you can have a plan of how to get out of a sleeper hold, but if it's locked in, you're going down, man. That's it. 
Yeah, fine. That's the argument we're having right here on the ACC network, buddy. You and I. Fine. But at least we're armed with something to have a realistic discussion about is what I'm saying at that point. you got to let people do that. You can't BS these people and talk to them about lacrosse. You that's not what we're doing over here. That's precisely what they're doing not, over there. Not anymore. That's what I fired their ass. So that's what I'm saying. You think that was their idea, though? I'm not Like, you so know, Packer sure. wakes up. He's like, I can't wait today. Remember, I asked for this two uh, weeks ago I'm now. I'm not going to hey. Two weeks ago, I asked for this, and you kept you kept bumping them. Now, We're going to have the lacrosse coach on today, <laughs> damn it. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I'm not going to sit here. I, I don't presume to know, but I have my suspicions that there it, it, it was not. He wasn't put out to have to do that. Whereas you or I would be like, what? come on, man. Have you ever heard his show on, the, on its own? Yeah, I have. It's... Mm. Well, I did. When it was there, it was a call-in show. Yes. He didn't give a damn. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So, but that's different yes. than him walking into the production meeting saying, saying get me every lacrosse coach in this conference. He doesn't care. My thing is he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Whereas if you or I were in that room or anybody with a pulse, we'd go, no, man. No, this is the third day this week. I got to talk about some a-hole that won something two weeks ago in lacrosse. I'm not doing it. They won it for the AC. Somebody's got to win it. How are we supposed to garner ratings with this? Oh, hey, everybody, look at this. Frank's on again talking about the big midweek matchup against Duke in lacrosse. This ought to kick ass. Stay with us next. I mean, that would be the worst. You got the hots for this job, don't you? I don't. I'm just telling you it seems so easy. It seems uh, it's not hard. Let's take a break and talk to Link Jarrett. Why don't we do that? <laughs> we got a good assignment. We've got a really good assignment next. Link Jarrett will join us. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. This Wednesday, we appreciate you joining us. As always, I like to point out that if you're uh, watching on War Chant TV, like and subscribe, share, let others find the uh, find the good stuff, and uh, it helps us out. We appreciate all of you uh, who do exactly that. And thanks for listening on 93.3 Real Talk Radio as as well. Another show uh, this week tomorrow, I believe Friday. We are off for the long weekend, Independence Weekend, and all that good stuff. I don't know what y'all are doing. I'll be off. Well, you're going to New York, buddy. Yes, sir. Be a good time. Yeah, you're going to have a real good time. Link Jared is set to join us here in a couple of minutes. Uh, when he does, we will begin uh, that interview. In the interim, what night is it? It's Friday night or is it Saturday that you're at the Mets game? I'll be Friday night. Friday night. Yeah, so I, it looks like it's a Taiwan Walker start right now, but we'll see. Taiwan Walker start. I'm going <clears> to <throat> perhaps uh, put a little wager in there for you, and we'll have a little fun with that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Where are you going? Somewhere you can gamble? Well, I mean. <laughs> I'm right here, aren't I? <laughs> uh, let's bring up uh, Link Jerry. If he's there now, I will go and bring in the new head man at Florida State. Coach, are you there? Hear me. I got you now. How are you, Link? I'm doing great. We're rocking and rolling here. We, we're all about it. We're just going uh, audio 
and we're in the office trying to sort some things out, Jeff, to say the least. Well, hey, listen, I'm just glad that you've joined us. You're live now. We're good. I only need to hear you. I don't have to see. I saw you yesterday. You're good to go, sir. And I thank you for making the time. Uh, first of all, congratulations. Uh, and, and right off the bat, I'll ask you the hard-hitting question, if whether or not you're going to keep the third base side in the, as the home dugout or move it back to first. First base. <laughs> first base uh, it is. You know, the, the facility is designed for us to be on the first base side. And I understand why they wanted to go to the third base side. I, I get the logic of it um, for how I coach and what I'm doing. The first base side made a lot more sense. And your, your cages and your bullpen, the accessibility to those areas, clearly better on the first base side. And the locker room much more accessible through that little walkway. Right. It just makes sense for me and how I do things here. Coach, I'm wondering, I, I, I want to go back a ways. Uh, we know a lot of the same people, believe it or not. I, I actually, um, Jeff Hogan uh, worked with my son, and uh, I know your, your ties to, to Florida High and uh, as a player. And then uh, you get asked all the time about Mike Martin, and understandably so. 11, uh, obviously a legend, and for good reason. But I, I want to go all the way back to, to perhaps what you may have learned um, from Jeff Hogan and uh, he's in the, for those that don't know out there that are listening, he's in the FSU Hall of Fame twice over. Uh, such a good coach and, and, and a great guy. And, you know, I know, Link, in 92, what, you had four Florida high grads on that FSU roster? Uh, you and McCray and uh, Serrano and, and Beavis. I, just how did he help shape your coaching philosophy? Yeah, and McKelly Bertoldi was with us. So there yeah. was a time when we probably had five. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. You know, Hogue was a baseball purist, and he was a motivator. So he really made you appreciate working at the game outside of the practices. And he made a point to call out the guys he always found doing a little extra work. And it became rewarding for him to see you going the extra mile and you know our field was actually maintained by florida state at the time and it was right down the road right. here yeah. not where it is so we had a nice setup to go work and we worked at it a lot and and the groups of guys that would just gather at that field on the weekends um to just hone their craft not travel ball. We're not talking about driving all over the world to try to play AAU travel ball, perfect game stuff. We just kind of gathered at that field, and guys from other schools would be there. My dad had a key. He would drag the field. My dad would order pizzas would just show up Saturday, Sunday, and we just kind of hung out. And Hogue cultivated that atmosphere of enjoy working at it, and then you kind of see the rewards of, your work in winning and many of our players went on to college and professional careers. So it was a very unique experience. And I think his uncanny trait to make you feel good about working at it was a difference in his style that I noticed at a very young age. You're describing almost an idyllic situation, coach. Um, I, 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 I am interested just since you brought it up, because I have these discussions with people a lot, and I know there's good, bad, and everything. 
What are your thoughts on on the world of uh, of baseball for the youth of today? In the sense that you brought up travel ball, and man, I think most people hear travel ball. A lot of people, I shouldn't say most, a lot of people hear travel ball and they kind of roll their eyes. There, there are a lot of negatives that come out of that. There are a lot of positives as well. But what are your thoughts on uh, what it means to be a kid wanting to play baseball today? Well, you know the the positives are you get to go play at a lot of neat venues. I. Uh, my son went through it. He just graduated from NC State, played five years. He got to play at age 15, 16 at UNC's field, at South Carolina's field, at NC State's field. Like mm. you're playing summer ball, not at high school fields, but at really nice world-class college venues. Now, not all the games are there, but it sure is fun to roll in on Saturday morning to South Carolina Stadium and play a really neat game. Mm. So you have that. Now, the the traveling involved in getting to these places from, you know, in our case, it was the middle of North Carolina. It's very challenging on the families, and it gets expensive. But what you're doing is providing the kids with a chance to be recruited and to be seen. And all of the college sports have exploded, I think, in, a, in terms of recruiting and uh, what people do to try to see the best athletes. So you're you're putting them out there. Um, the downside is I think you have to be cautious, especially with the pitchers, because this can't turn into a year-round competitive setting for those 15- and 16-year-old arms to throw all year. Right. So that's that's the concern, and who's really monitoring – their workload and their innings and number of pitches and what they do in between their outings and their conditioning and the arm care. That, that is my biggest concern and everybody wants to perform and be seen. And I think the effort to do that from a pitching side is the biggest risk in the whole game. And as the, as the players become more professionally, attractive then you bring the scouting world into it as well and the demands on the pitchers Mm. can be damaging so all of our recruits we we constantly tell them please let us monitor your workload and if the new york yankees want you to throw a bullpen on july 18th just please let us help you maintain some semblance of routine and arm care in between all the things you're doing because it's hard to tell the New York Yankees or the Braves or the Marlins, and you know what, I, I'm not really going to throw that day. It doesn't fit into my uh, my schedule. So <laughs> I get it. We just need to protect those young arms. Speaking of young, when you were young, Link, I, I, I have been told that you almost didn't come to Florida State for whatever reason. It was I know you wanted to, but it was, it was going to work out that maybe you weren't. What did it – I guess I would ask you – the process of you getting here as a player. Now you're the coach. We're gonna we'll 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 talk about that in a moment. But getting here as a player, I watched you play. I was in school at the same time as you. Uh, what was that like? The recruiting. I graduated high school in 1990, and the recruiting was as opposite of what I just explained with the the travel ball situation as it could be. If somebody didn't show up to the Tuesday afternoon game down the road to watch us play, I, they weren't going to see you. Right. Um, 
I mean, to send videos out in 1989 of a VHS tape of you working out or something, that really wasn't the way to go. You could go to the camps. You know, the camps have diminished a little bit in terms of going somewhere for five days and learning from the coaches. It's more a one-day watch-me thing. Um, Then you had Legion Ball in the summer. You're hoping you could get – a coach from somewhere to come watch you and obviously much more difficult to navigate that than our present day recruiting situation and the technology that's available in the video everything's out there on every player um to be honest with you uh, being local definitely helped you know and i played with junior on some teams and 11 would come to some of our games and um probably Not being a standout type player, the fact that Jamie, 11, Chip, had a chance to stumble across me playing was what helped. And you didn't didn't learn a lot if you watched me one game. I, I think my strength as a player was more the long haul. So I think they saw that. And the draft hit. And they had a couple guys on the team that were drafted that signed, and I think they lost at least at least one infield recruit. And it was well after my senior year had ended academically. I was out of school. That um, Coach Martin invited me down to the stadium, and, and Jamie and Chip, and I sat with Coach Martin, and he presented me with an opportunity to be on the team, and that's all I really wanted. Um, I, I had a couple other schools, Mercer and the University of West Florida recruited me and good programs, but being from here and having the feeling of, I can help Florida state. I know I just need a chance. That's what they gave me. And, uh, I probably didn't deserve it at the time. I, I had a chance to step out there as a freshman after a game or two and ended up starting and, you know, Coach Martin saw in me, I guess, that that ability to execute the game the way he wanted the game handled in the infield. And um, I played some defense for him, and I kind of stuck out there. And he gave me a chance when, quite frankly, I there were probably far better players that deserved it more. The timing worked. He gave me an opportunity, and – you know, I was so fortunate to just be in the right place at the right time with him. Florida State head baseball coach Link Jarrett joining us on the Jeff Cameron Show. Um, how, if you can, if you're willing to divulge or how much you want to divulge, did your interaction with the players go? This is about their development and, and their buy-in to what we're going to have to do with our system. I'm not saying my system is – I'm not reinventing the game, but there's obviously things in my 20 years of this that I've taken a liking to of how to to run things. And we talked a little bit about what we're going to try to do. Um, Those guys were very engaged. I think there's 19 new guys that are here in summer school, and they were all there. handful of returners were in the room, and then everybody else was on – a Zoom mechanism where they could listen and watch. And we we talked about things that 
were important to me, big picture stuff within the program. I did not get too in-depth on the details of the strategy of what we do, but, but I wanted them to know certain things about my expectations in, in terms of how they represent the program, which is, is very dear to me and to them, but we have an obligation to do things at an elite level in the classroom, on the baseball field, and in the regional community, in the campus community. And uh, I want those guys to know all of those things are important. And I've, I've seen parallels in, in my teams as a head coach. The teams that seem to do the, the best in the classroom and really are engaged in the campus and regional community, for me, those have been my most competitive teams on the field. And I told them that. And I expect them to perform and raise the bar a little bit in the classroom and Obviously, we're here to win championships, and uh, we have a, a ways to go. We've got some young players that are going to be counted on heavily this year. You know, I obviously like the composition of the pitching staff. The draft will determine just how dynamic that is. But, you know, I, I like where we're headed, Jeff. I'm curious, Link, you, you bringing it up, I, I guess you're, you're obviously talking about what that does, which is create a buy-in when you're talking about more involvement with the community uh, in the classroom. All those things create that buy-in. What does an ideal FSU baseball recruit look like to you? Well, this really starts on the mound, and you, you have to have competitive arms but you have to have a variety of arms and not everybody can be a starting pitcher and and I think that's something we're going to have to make really clear here is there are going to be some guys that start games but they're probably not going to finish them and sometimes this thing gets hairy in the fourth inning the fifth inning the sixth inning you have to have some horsepower in the middle of the game to to dodge some of the traffic and some of the mess that you find yourself in to keep your team in a game those innings are really important. And then the back end of the game, those last six outs, three outs, they're, they're just as important as the first three, sometimes more. So starting on the mound and unselfishness on the mound and having different roles, huge. We have to be athletic in the field. Like our infield has to be athletic, sound, rangy. The outfield guys have to be able to cover ground and – Hauser's a unique place. There's not a lot of room in right field, but you're going to play a lot of games away from Hauser, and you have to be rangy. You have to be able to take extra base hits away in the outfield, and you have to be intelligent defensively. So those are the fundamentals and the pieces that keep you in every game. Every game. Offensively, if you have athleticism on the field, I think you'll find that you have some options offensively of, how you break through and score runs against good arms. You have to be able to run the bases. There's times you have to be able to steal. There's times you have to be able to bunt. If you're not physical enough, like the extra base hit and the home run is not enough of a factor, so you really need that dimension to your offense too. So I think the overall athleticism on the field gives you options offensively. I, I think trying to design your offense based on one component, be it, you know what, 
we're going to hit for power. Or you know what? We're going to play the short game and out short game people. Jeff, I don't know if that works. I, mm-hmm. I think I think you have to have multiple ways offensively that you can create. And not every game is the same. Um, the arms you face, not everybody's going to give you the same opportunity. So the more buttons you have to push and the more comfortable the athletes are executing that plan, at any given moment, the better chance you have offensively to break through and open games up. That's how I look at this. Link, you mentioned Hauser. Uh, you've been away for a while. I have been a vocal critic. I used to love uh, Dick Hauser Stadium, Mike Martinfield. I still do. And because I love it, I want to see it improved. I know there are long-term plans to help Hauser. What about in the short term? What are some things that can be done to create a better atmosphere at Hauser? Now, the fans here are diehard. You know that. You played here. You went to games here. You know this was the gym of college baseball for so long. And we've seen all these upgrades within the ACC, upgrades within the SEC. We see these different stadiums that, frankly, in my opinion, have gone and surpassed Hauser. It drives me nuts. I'm biased, admittedly. But what can be done to help Hauser and create that feel again that existed for so long here in Tallahassee? Yeah, you know, that's a good one, Jeff. Uh, you know, we, weren't, we were in Mississippi State last year for the Super Regional. You know, we were at Tennessee this year. My son played at Arkansas for his Super Regional last year. Yeah. I've coached in the SEC. I've been to every stadium in the ACC. Um I know there are some people that are really pushing baseball way, way up the pole of importance at the institution. Baseball is very important here. Um, There are, Michael has expressed to me his desire to really do some big things here. And I get it. And his heart is in moving this athletic department forward. I sensed it from my first conversation with him. I get it. In the short term, Jeff, I want it to be cleaned up. You know, like the new padding and some of the things we did last year, I think they put the new garnet padding in the wall. Yeah. When I walked in this year to play, that was beautiful. Like the old green padding that was discolored and <laughs> torn up. Like Some of the things that we can control immediately like that, They may, that may not be the answer you want, but – I just want to clean things up, like modernize the cages a little bit. Our home bullpen back on the first base side. I was talking to Chip and Dane today, like, guys, let's let's get this thing up to speed down there. The guys spend so much time in the cage and the home bullpen. It's got to be tidy and clean. And if we need to re-turf it, let's do it. That's where things change. Um, you know, cosmetically underneath. There's some basic things that need to be done, and Michael's on it, and we got to paint, and we got to clean up and tidy up and touch up. Um, the backstop netting. I know this isn't what you want to hear, but we're getting new backstop netting. You should be able to see through it a lot easier than you see through it right now. Um, these are the best fans in the country. The way they appreciate the details of the game here, they deserve the best shot to watch and enjoy the competition. So there's some things that are happening around us. Is it blowing this up and building something else right now? No. Can you function here? Yes. We had 1,800 seats at Notre Dame. 1,800 seats. All right? Not great. 
But if the guys go out there and perform and play and engage, manage the game, you can win. And when you win, things will take care of themselves. The big picture stuff, it's going to happen. I could talk to you all day, but you don't have that time, and unfortunately I don't either as advertisers demand their their time. But, hey, Link, congratulations. We'll talk again here real soon, and it's, it's, it's great to have you on. Great to have you aboard. I wish you the best of luck, sir. Jeff, thanks for, thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Look forward to seeing you in person. Absolutely. You take care, Link. That's uh, Link Jarrett, the new head coach there at FSU. And, uh, again, I would have liked to have had him on for another hour. Uh, I, I get a sense we'll be able to talk again here real soon. Um, but uh, congratulations to him. I had more questions, but he was thorough today, and I appreciate that. And I also appreciate the candor. Uh, that was nice. That was nice. Now, I know we have a lot of catching up to do. You're going to press this now, and then we'll go forward and come back in the second hour here and, and react to our Link Jared interview. If you want to press it, we got two minutes and change. Well, okay. Well, really, yeah, well, let's press it because there's no sense in stopping here, real quick. I'll just say this. Um, you know, uh, the, the passion that you hear there is is such a um, easy thing to latch on to and the right thing to latch on to, but I think it's genuine, and I think you can hear that, and I think that's why a lot of people have responded the way that they have over the last uh, several days. And, uh, by the way, well done, Link. I'm glad you got that shot in there on the 1,800 seats. <laughs> uh, not great. Not great. Not great. That was good. Uh, you know, I don't know that it'll transpire this way or translate this way. I have a sense that it will, uh, to be honest with you. But I think they're going to pick up the baseball, Tom. I think they're going to be where they're supposed to be. I think these things are going to happen. That's just the feeling that I get. Yeah, I get the feeling that he didn't like the idea of being in the third base dugout either. With what what's more importantly, the third baseline, left field line bullpen, which is just, I mean... What no, we, yeah. that's not what we do. Yeah, no, that was good. That was good. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we'll talk to him again. We've got an off season, and he's just getting going, and man's got uh, a busy schedule, and, and, and we have advertisers to, uh, to satisfy, so there's no sense that <clears throat> to push that over. But I am excited uh, about this tenure, and I am excited to see what he does. I didn't get a chance to ask him. The only thing I didn't get the chance to ask him, because I know it would have taken a little bit of time, but uh, you know, I am curious to how quickly um, he'll announce – uh, his staff. Uh, that That's the big thing that he's probably working on now that he's met with the players. That's going to be quick. It has to be. It has to be quick. And and there's some names out there. I know many of you clued into the baseball rumor mill that are locked in on the world of baseball. It's a it's kind of a close-knit group. You know some of the names that are out there. I've heard some rumors. Uh, there's, a, there's a coach at Alabama that has ties here and all that stuff. We'll see. I don't know what's going to happen, but um, I bet we'll get that announcement real soon. Hour number two forthcoming. We'll react more to that. If you missed it, make sure you go back on Warchant TV and watch. It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV.